0: GM everybody. Welcome to Flywheel Pod. Your number one source for everything Frax DeFi and everything in between. If you want to know what's going on in the world on chain, well, you come to the right place. This is DeFi Dave here with Capital K, and we're here to help you harness the power of the flywheel. And on this episode, we bring on a new flywheel that is 100% on chain, 100% USDA. Actually no, not even USDA. It's organic. Just okay. Yes, yes, yeah. prime choice. Yeah prime yes. ethereum prime choice we yes. have on the fellas at aladdin dow and we go deep into their latest DeFi primitive that they constructed fx protocol we had had k metz and kruger uh and we just get right into it and as we were like talking about in the post game we were i felt like we were talking to like our own it's like oh you've been through the firearm chain like oh like you've been doing this and that and it, i really just enjoyed this conversation i learned a lot Um, It's cool to see actual innovative DeFi primitives being built that are, you know, from the ground up. Kit, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, I I think this one has – I'm just most impressed that you could not execute once but three three times and have three knockout products in a DAO, like, decentralized format like the organizational feat alone, like that should be a case study. Like forget any of these projects, like the DAO itself is- DAOs
0: are building in the bear market. Forget what you've seen, forget the despair, forget all the whatever you see on the timeline. Like there are people with their heads down actually in the arena building. And so, and that's what I love, that's what we love to see. And that's what I love to see. And we get right into it. But before we get into it, make sure you go down below, subscribe to our newsletter, go to our website, flywheeldefi.com. We have a new look, fresh start to, you know, just being fresh because that's what we do. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at flywheeldefi, follow our TikTok at flywheeldefi, follow our telegram at flywheeldefi. And of course, make sure you subscribe to your YouTube, hit that bell button below, go do that right now. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, give us a like. Access exclusive interview notes in our friend tech. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at D5 Day twenty two.
1: Follow me at zero x capital underscore k.
0: And let's get the flywheel spinning. Do you hold ETH but don't know what to do with it? Want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start? Well, FraxETH is there for you. Frax ETH is Frax's native LSD solution, allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into FraxETH today. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Flywheel. I'm your host, C5 Dave. I'm here with Capital K. And this time around, we have a project in Dow that I've, I've had an eye on for some time since uh, you guys started. Uh, we have K Metz and Kroger from Aladdin Dow, which has been around for a few years and they have been building in the bear. I think they're the definition of building in the bear. Um, guys, great for, to have you on. Um, to, let's to get started. Can you like introduce yourselves and what you do for Aladdin Dow? Awesome, sure, sure. I'll start.
2: Um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm Kruger. I'm uh, I'm a core contributor to Aladdin. I've been around Aladdin since uh, 21. Basically, I was I was kind of a fly on the wall when they got started, and I started uh, joining community calls and just kind of slowly slid down the slope, <laughs> and uh, and got more and more involved like that. Um, but uh, but it's been a it's been a wild ride, and you're right. It's Aladdin's been around. We've been we've been kicking around a a, a long time lots of yeah. lots of cool stuff brewing
3: yeah and uh, i'm kay Metz. Uh i'm also a core contributor with uh aladdin dow probably the newest uh, core contributor um i've been on the team for a couple of months and uh uh i i got involved uh with DeFi in uh, 2021 and uh, kind of started going down like everybody you, you kind of start going and trying to figure out okay well what's DeFi? how does this all work and that eventually gets you to kind of curve the curve system and then convex and then you learn about frax and you're like holy cow this is like pretty incredible stuff and uh and and eventually uh i saw that uh concentrator was offering a uh their product called ACRV, which was like auto-compounding uh, CVX CRV at like fifty percent, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want!" And so I got involved with Concentrator and uh, started. When, once they released Clever, uh, that kind of blew my mind apart. And then you know they announced a, a partnership with Frax uh, fairly early on, which uh, I was like. And I still am a fraximalist at heart, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome," and so I just, I just slowly got the, the, the tentacles of Aladdin slowly drew me in. With all we the got cool our, we products. got our hooks into him. That's right.
0: Uh, so it sounds like you, know, you guys were dipping your toes, naturally curious, interested in DeFi, and then Aladdin Dow just provided you, provided you guys with this opportunity to do more and actually get involved.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's one of the things. Like, it's a very like we're we're a, Aladdin's a pretty a pretty small group. I mean, it's also partly for the for the, the reason for the sort of like strangely vague uh, titles. We talk about ourselves as core contributors because we're we're such mm-hmm. a small group that there's really just everybody is kind of chipping in on everything,
1: right? So Kruger, like the title core contributor, is you know kind of vague. Uh, but before we dive into that, dude, do you mind if we go over what is Aladdin DAO? What's the history and where it is today? Yeah, sure. Um, so Aladdin DAO is kind of like
2: it's evolved quite a lot. I mean, we've been around in 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 DeFi for for a couple of years, which, you know, and and as you guys know, conditions have varied widely <laughs> in that time. <laughs> you know, when, when Aladdin first launched, it was really all about, um, you know, kind of like an asset management DAO harnessing the uh, uh, wisdom of crowds, specifically around this like group of sort of experts or big brains. And the idea was that the DAO would basically do all this in the open work of researching and analyzing and talking about different protocols and different uh, strategies, and and really try to shine a spotlight on on the real stuff. You know, like try try to like try to spot the scams before they come. Try to spot the stuff that maybe doesn't have the structure or the legs to sort of um, to really last. And and we were playing with a bunch of different ways to how do we how do we make the DAO sort of support itself, right? Like how um, how does the DAO sort of um, create value in a way that we can capture some of that value, and we were playing with some different things uh, in that world. When basically when the air ran out of the bull market uh, toward the the end of 2021, mm-hmm. and and you know with the original uh, idea that the Dow would be using a treasury to sort of acquire these amazing assets, these great assets that were um, we kind of uh, identify through this process that we have, we got to sort of a place where just liquidity wasn't moving anywhere and, and, you know, buying assets like this just wasn't a possibility for the DAO. And so we kind of did this interesting pivot at that time because we have this awesome technical team and we kind of said like, well, it, right now if we can't buy the stuff that we that we want to buy why don't we build the stuff that we wish we could buy and and so because of this great long history of like all of the the research that had been done by this group called the bull council which you know had a lot of really really sharp defi minds in it and, and and there was just we just had this sort of embarrassment of inspiration of like directions that we could go and the first and the most obvious place was was into the curve ecosystem right um and and that first sort of step into that ecosystem was was how concentrator was born. And so from concentrator to clever, um, we and now f of X, Aladdin has kind of become almost as much of an incubator as anything, right? We're actually spinning these products up, these these protocols up, but we're doing it in such a way that the protocol can hopefully, eventually spread its wings and become sort of self-sustaining still within this ecosystem, because a lot of the protocols support each other. But the idea is we want in the long, long run, we want Aladdin to be a, think of it like a major, like a major shareholder. Like we'd like them to be the investment DAO that holds a huge amount of the, of the tokens for these great protocols. Um, But of course we had to take this path where we have to build them to get there.
0: So would you consider these like, protocols you spun out kind of like sub DAOs of Aladdin DAO or like would you consider them kind of just their own projects that Aladdin DAO incubated? So I would I would say at this moment they're still very
2: like the there's a there's a very tight coupling between the um, between the products and Aladdin still right. Um, I think that I think that what we're aiming for in the long run we may we may sort of transition from basically just like fully overlapping or mo- I should say fully, mostly overlapping sort of teams and concerns to the sub-DAO approach. And and then after that, I think, again, start talking a long way in the future here, so it's a certain amount of speculation, but the idea is that each of these protocols, because the, the, each protocol has its own uh, native token uh, and its own like possibly possibly not ter- perfectly overlapping governance concerns with with the other protocols, so in the long, long run. Um, they they should be able to stand completely independently. So mm. so for us, it'll be like a process of of sort of slowly dividing from the mothership, right, and and sort of standing more and more independently over time.
3: Yeah, and to just uh, feed on that just a little bit. I mean, they're, they're all the to- all the protocols are tokenized. And Aladdin owns a share of those. And so they each can have their own governance proposals as well. And Aladdin also gets their say as well, because they do have a share of those governance tokens. Got it. Kit, what do you think of that? I think it's pretty cool. I
1: think it's a very sustainable approach, right? Like people wants to go fully decentralized, cut off on the mothership day one. But I think a large part of like these DAO types organization is well, coordination and being yeah. able to work together and really get the objective completed. So I'm most impressed that you guys not you guys didn't do it once, not twice, but three times. Like, yeah, you know, could, could we go into how? product innovation works at aladdin dow in this very decentralized like you guys don't even call yourself real titles you guys call yourself core contributors like how does product innovation work in that kind of environment do you want to take
2: that kmx or you want me to take a swing
3: well i th- i think um yeah i mean it's it's all it kind of starts from what kruger was saying earlier is that uh you know we'll when you, you sit there and you go, gosh, you know, I wish there was a product XYZ that, that existed and, and we could really use it. And you just kind of look into like, well, you know, we have these resources and and, uh, and and these capabilities. And so we can pursue that. And, you know, you you ask yourself how it would serve uh, the, the protocols that you're using, uh, if it would have product market fit and uh, how sustainable it would be. And so you ask yourself those questions. And I think, you know, they, they sort of like kind of like appear as need based and so uh FX protocol is probably like the the perfect example of that sort of uh, yeah, hey we need a we need a a decentralized stablecoin that's capital efficient and based in the ethereum ecosystem and so that's that's where FX kind of gets born from yeah we are we are hardcore
2: dog fooders and and that's like Kmet's nailed it like we we are all about building what we wish we had, you know. Mm. I mean, and frankly, that was how it was from the very beginning with Concentrator, too, where it was like, you know, you, you know, we are all individually like farmers and participants in in DeFi. And we're we're trying to like like everybody was, especially, you know, mm-hmm. 2020 and still fairly early trying to figure out like, OK, how does this curve farming business work and why do I have to claim so many different tokens and like when gas is 150
0: for myself yeah (laughs) like Mm
2: -hmm. why, why am i i'm doing the same things over and over again this feels like a job for a computer and and you know it's also kind of interesting where we're able to you know we identify these needs but we're also able to bring on kind of what i mentioned earlier some of this like i hesitate to say wisdom but like some of what we learned through this like this early stage aladdin of all of this like this research and work in in that in that curve ecosystem and bring some of the philosophies that we sort of developed over that over that time in right and concentrators are a great example of one where where concentrators like core conceit is i want a compounder that doesn't dump the thing i'm farming right like i'm i'm farming mm-hmm. I'm farming curve because I love curve and like I'm farming this ecosystem because not because I can like quickly dump the tokens as fast as possible back into ETH, but, but because I actually want to build exposure to this, this curve world. Right. And you can Mm -hmm. see how all of and those are all part of the sort of the philosophy and the thesis that sort of come together to this, you know, this need that we identify for Mm -hmm. ourselves. And then we say, well, let's, let's make it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so you guys are out in the arena. You guys are out on chain. <laughs> <laughs> really in the arena. Dodging <laughs> dodging MEV bots, dodging rugs, dodging oh, it's... it's like I always say like, oh we're all in DeFi, we're on beta. And you guys have come together as this kind of collective, this guild of sorts, being like, Hey, like, we all are doing the same thing. Why not team up? You know, why not, you know, we'll we'll band together and we're all, we want, I think the key thing you said he, that you said was you want to farm and not dump the token. You want to farm yeah. and actually be a positive sum, you know, hold like contributor to the protocol. And like, that's how Concentrator came about. Exactly. And I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really, I thought it was a pr- pronounced cleaver, not clever. It's uh, magic cleaver. Know-
2: <laughs> it's, there, there's been, there's been some controversy about that, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's it is clever. We internally have always called it clever, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's a lever on convex. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, C lever, right? It's That's a lever the, on the,
0: the bribes. It's, the it's a types. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a convex uh, lever that we that we uh, shrunk down
2: to clever. You see, I that? think
0: this evolution from concentrator being built on top of convex, then with clever, it makes sense with uh, concentrator, and then you know you guys were doing that for a bit, and then there was a bit of a break, and then you guys recently came out. With FX, uh, which is a really interesting product, I've actually seen like a few of these different things, but I think FX is the biggest one that has the uh, kind of like the uh, the cosine of Convex and the Curve ecosystem. Especially, congrats on the uh, being the third protocol in Convex. That's huge. Thanks. Yeah. It is huge.
2: We are. Yeah, we excited. are super stoked.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into uh, FX. Like, what is it, and how does it work? And I know, uh, k you had an excellent metaphor with the space station that made it really easy to understand. So I'll let you take the floor on it.
3: Yeah. Kruger, do you want to get into the basics that maybe I can kind of like expand on that a little bit? Uh, Sure. Yeah. So at a
2: high level, F of X is it's about splitting ETH into these two different uh, tokens, which we are boldly, I think, referring to as new DeFi primitives, something that is that is different enough that I think we can call it like New, without without you know (laughs) exaggeration. So, fETH and xETH are sort of two sides of of the coin. Um, fETH is f is technically short for fractional ETH, and the idea is that the price of fETH moves at a fraction of the price of ETH. Mm -hmm. So, if ETH goes up by ten percent today, your fETH is going to go up by one percent, and if ETH God forbid, drops by ten percent today. Then your FETH is going to drop only by one percent. And so the idea is we're dampening down the volatility of ETH, um, but we're still that. But we're still tracking ETH. We are not pegged to U.S. dollars or any any fiat, any real world asset at all. And that is a um, is a real key important part of it. Is that this is based in the Ethereum economy and it does not have any exposure to any real world asset. The, okay. the flip side of the coin is X ETH, and X ETH is the, um, X is like X as in a multiplier, right? Uh, like leverage, mm-hmm. and the idea is whenever the price of ETH is moving by a little, the price of X ETH is moving by a lot, right? And, and the X ETH holders are actually taking, they're absorbing all of the, um, the price movements of ETH that are kind of sort of protecting uh, the F ETH holders in that sense
3: i like to uh, I like to uh, use the the metaphor well, I use the space station example obviously, but my if I have to explain this to a five year old is uh, it 's like an m M&M and m candy, and so uh, you can think of f eth as like the chocolate center that you want to protect with the hard candy shell and so x is like protecting uh, the F-Eth from melting and getting any price exposure so that's what I, I always use that's nice that's I, do, you, do you
2: often have to explain FFX to
3: five-year-olds or is it like like a regular I mean, thing
0: it benefits most people to have to explain <laughs> well, like well, I'm should not. explain to things like people are five years old so I it's just have like this so mental new.
2: picture yeah. of, of K-Mets just like just, <laughs> oh, here's, here's the,
0: the FX, FX invariant
1: you're gonna have to yeah. look at this yeah <laughs> I mean David. I are like four year olds, so yeah. Thanks, thanks for the explanation there. I'm <laughs> <just> a giant <laughs> child, to be honest. Yeah. You don't even know how I got oh, okay. here. Okay. All right, all right. Decentralized finance, David. I'm going to spend a good chunk of time here because Go I've ahead. been trying to wrap my thing. brain ar- around this, and like the way I, I saw it was like if I come to um, f of x and then only want f ETH, then I'm effectively selling ninety percent of my eth and holding on to this 10% stack of my eth and then when someone else comes in and mints x eth they are effectively quote buying up to my 90% of my eth that therefore is leverage like is, is that the right frame to think about it i think that's reasonable that's that's yeah. you can you can think of it that
2: way um and it's not it's definitely not incorrect. And and basically, you know, sometimes we talk about this internally, whether it's useful to explain it explain it as like a, a product manual or as like, you know, understanding how they work, XETH is leveraged ETH, right? Like yeah. the easy part is like and you can see the leverage actually varies over time, but it's generally mm-hmm. sort of between two and three. Um what's amazing about XETH is that there's no funding costs at all. Right? Sure. You can you can Hodel this leverage which Mm is that's that's new i think that's not something that's that's doable um but but yeah when you're trying to like envision it sometimes it's better to to think about you know in terms of how the mechanism works and that's like you've got all this staked eth in the reserve right and the value of the reserve is changing as the price of of eth changes right and so we force the price of feth to only move by 10 percent of of the price of eth and yeah. all the rest of the change gets focused down on the xETH, right? So, in a way, you can think of it as selling your volatility and buying volatility, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Um, you you have that ability to um, to sort of amplify the <laughs> amplify the ride a little bit.
1: and then as the price drops further and further, xETH gets more and more levered. Um, yeah. Correct. So, so xETH leverage
2: is actually based on the fraction of fETH minted versus the fraction of F- of xETH minted. Right. The total value of each. So you can imagine that if there's lots of xETH, then you're spreading that volatility over a larger number of, of tokens, which makes sort of a smaller oh, okay. amplifying effect. When there's a small amount of xETH, you're focusing yeah. that volatility. Um, a lot of volatility on a small number of tokens, so that amps up the leverage. But of course, as the price of ETH changes, you're right. Like when the price of ETH drops, the effective fraction of xETH drops with it, right? And so as the price of ETH drops, the um, the leverage goes up because now xETH represents a smaller share
1: of the um, of the overall minted tokens of the re- of the reserve. Because xETH will drop effectively nine times more than F Right. So it has uh, well, to, two, eat two to all three of that. Two, two or three times more. Right. It's it depends the, the, on
2: the leverage. The leverage varies only like by like the two X or three X or so.
0: And the leverage oh. adjusts based on the demand for. If like there's a lot of people levering up, then the leverage is less. But it's right. like a lot of people that want to be in low volatility. It could get up to like three and higher and whatnot. Exactly. So there's exactly. there's
2: two sort of two competing effects. The first is who's minting what. Are you minting? Are people minting FEETH or minting XETH? And then the second is the price of ETH is changing that that all the time. But at any given time, we can say um one of the key one of the key aspects of the protocol is that at any given time ETH and XETH have a a net asset value they have a price that the that the system tracks and you can redeem them for that amount of stake ETH that value of stake ETH from the treasury at any time right and so okay. basically as the price you know if the price of ETH drops a lot then your XETH is going to be worth fewer stake ETH
1: in the treasury or in the in the um, reserve
0: okay i'm going right, to try to all right, go ahead, Kate.
1: I just wanted to um, ask one more clarifying question. And effectively, this formula was in your white paper, and it's the quantity of STEF multiplied by the price of STEF equals the price of FE multiplied by the quantity of FE plus the price of XE multiplied by the quantity of XE. So this equation must always balance. Exactly. Is, is the it, F of X invariant. And,
2: and in, in language, I usually say the total market cap of X ETH plus the total market cap of F ETH has to equal the total market cap of the reserve. Got
1: it. And then, yeah, right. Yeah. So with with that same uh, uh, logic, then if I came in and let's say just Dave and I, let's, let's make this example like as con- concrete as possible. I come in and I only want F ETH. So mm-hmm. then I go all into F ETH. Then Dave comes in and he wants X ETH. Then he effectively just- i the
0: d I see how it 90, is. Exactly. <laughs> it's d well, Dave, De- not DeFi Dave. <laughs>
1: Decentralized Finance David. You know, it's, it's, it's in the name. So then now as you take, Dave would then take 90% of my ETH and he has to eat all of that leverage. He has no decisions on on, on whatsoever on that. And as price of ETH goes down further and further. He gets more and more levered. He gets more levered, and his 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 total value of his tokens
2: is dropping, goes down at at uh, two or three x the uh, the rate of of ETH. Whereas you're protected, right? Right. right. The, right. Re- remember, we're we're tracking the NAV of each token in um like in in US dollars, and so when you're right. re- when you mm. redeem that to the treasury, you're going to get what however much staked ETH from the treasury, uh, will we'll meet that NAV amount, right?
1: Yep, 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 yep. So uh, assuming it is, you know, assuming ETH is $1,000, Dave mm-hmm. and I each put in $1,000, I effectively have $100 worth of ETH, ETH exposure, whereas Dave has like 1900 Yeah, of ETH that's
0: exposure. Right. Yep,
3: exactly right. Yeah.
0: so, oh, so th- okay. that's why it's loosely pegged to the dollar, because the dollar is your reference asset. Well, and
2: that, basically, yeah, the, do- the dollar is the way that we measure volatility, Okay, and what's the interesting yeah. mm-hmm. the, what's okay. interesting is that we don't you know that's that is a i think globally accepted way to measure volatility um but it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be that way sort of forever right like Damn. the idea here really is all about it's all about suppressing volatility not about trying to uh be in any way associated with a particular real world economy
0: Yes, because you're right your reference asset is a dollar to bootstrap, but in the future you could have a different one.
2: Yeah, it, it could be anything. Yeah, it's it, totally possible. But but of course the main thing to to remember like I say is that it's all about, you know, however you choose to measure that volatility, um that's what we're damping, right? The the whole reason that FETH exists is like we want to be able to have an asset in our treasury that um that like is decentralized. So we don't, we're not exposed to anything scary like the, you know, the big USDC DPEG, which is really Mm -hmm. how this whole thing was born. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but also that like, we want to be based in the Ethereum economy, but we need to be able to plan for expenses, right? We would love to just hold pure ETH and say, that's great. But realistically, you know, we have real world expenses that people have to pay in, in, in fiat currencies. And so you have to be able to plan for those. So, how do we try to hold on to as much of that like anchoring in Ethereum while still being able to be, you know, low volatility enough to plan for expenses?
0: Got it. Um yeah. I want to break this down simply. So, there's two different liabilities of the FX FX protocol. There's FETH which is if you want something safe that is decentralized and not pegged to the dollar or like uscc as like you said it came about there's feth for people that just want safety that is the stable quote coin quote unquote and sure. then for the dgens that want to lever up that you know that are just like oh i think like eats gonna moon there's xeth and that's like that's those are the dgens so you take eth or you take the lsd um, the eth lsd and you split it into these two parts people that want safety and people that want high risk
3: Exactly. That's about okay. right. Yeah. Okay.
0: You got it. So,
1: this reminds me a lot of what Umami Finance is doing for GLP instead, because mm. what effectively you guys are solving for is a coordination problem, mm-hmm. right? You're putting people like myself who doesn't want ETH volatility, but I'm okay with 10% volatility, and you pair it with like decentralized finance David, who's really going to go Degen <laughs> mode and <laughs> it wants it's to you know, it's DJ and Dave right now. And Umami does a similar thing where, you know how GLP has like a basket of, of assets, right? A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And then what they do is they allow people to deposit, you know, each individual asset single-sidedly. And then they match up each portion of these assets in the correct GLP proportions so that everybody is happy with their exposure. So effectively coordinated a, a pseudo GLP position by giving people the chance to deposit only the assets that they want to deposit. So yeah, that, that's,
2: I, I have to say, yeah. I'm not familiar enough to be able to say for sure whether that yeah, yeah, yeah. works, but it's it sounds it sounds similar. I mean, yeah. one, one of the things we focus on a lot with FFX is making it flexible enough that like the reason that's kind of like the we don't need to we don't need to have uh, like a kit and a Dave Meeting and shaking hands and agreeing right. to like we're each going to do a thousand and that's good. That's the sort of part of the magic of having the variable leverage is that you let people mm-hmm. come and mint the, the asset that they want. Right. And and by minting the asset that they want, it doesn't change anybody else's price, but it can change the uh, effective leverage, essentially of of the of the xeth side, so so the the leverage goes up a little bit if there's some more if somebody comes and mints a bunch more feth, then everybody who holds xeth gets their leverage bumps up a
1: little bit, you
2: know, and and likewise if you redeem feth, it, it goes down a little bit and so on and so
1: forth. Mm-hmm. um And can I ask about what happens to that step yield?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the steth yield uh, is basically um, emitted in to two places, and that's uh, one of them goes to veFX token holders. The other one goes to a rebalance pool, and mm. the rebalance pool essentially operates a lot like Liquity's, uh stability. stability pool. And so, those those emissions just go right into the rebalance pool. And you know, on the on the protocol right now, you will see that it's. Based, based on sort of the amount of um, FETH that's in the rebalance pool, it's getting about 4% APR. And so you can place your FETH into the rebalance pool single sided and earn staked ETH yields. Um, the catch is, is, sort of like if there's ever, if the protocol ever goes into stability mode, which is where the collateral ratio drops below 130%, then your FETH is turned back into STETH to basically uh, increase the collateral r- ratio.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a huge unlock right here, in my opinion. Is a lot of people wants to farm that native eth yield, but they don't want to yeah. eat the eth volatility. A hundred percent in the f in this specific product use case, I think is where a lot of people are going to use the fe for is like because in in reality you're risking ten percent of the tech, the capital for you to make you know four percent on your. Um, uh, on your position, and because not every F ETH is going to be deposited into this pool, you also get like a bump as yeah, well. N- too. Not only that, but keep in mind the X
2: as well. Like the staked ETH is backing right. both the F ETH and the right. X right. token. So right. it's
0: uh, so there's it- always a bump. There's, there's a, there's a oh, guaranteed.
2: There's well, a and and, and so the way we kind of think of it is, it, you know, you could, you could visualize it like, okay, imagine that the protocol was, was minted out at 50, 50, right? Exactly. 50% mm-hmm. X ETH and 50% F ETH. Right. So basically the F ETH half, you know, we divide all of those staking yields between. FX uh token holders uh, vote locked FX token holders and the uh and the FEth rebalancing pool. So if every single FEth was in the rebalancing pool, then those FEth would be earning the exact same uh yield denominated in staked ETH as if they had held ETH in the same value. Right. Yeah, right. and you're right. Like this is it, it's a big deal, right? And I one of the things that I've had to come around to, with talking to people a lot sort of cleverer than me in the DAO is like the denomination of your yield matters, and it matters a lot.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, my my only other side is the xeth actually comes with a really expensive cost of capital. Right, that the the cost to hold xeth is actually foregoing all of your stealth yields. Yes, correct. True. Right, um, and, and, and for that leverage, you're not paying funding, correct. so that's that's great. Have you guys done any analysis of, around there? If somebody were to take, on average, you guys say yes, around like two point five x around there. Yeah, sure, you can say that. I mean, right right
2: now, it's kind of high right now at over three three point one. But you okay. can pick take oh, okay. you can take two x or two point five or, or or whatever you like. I mean, the the thing is though, um, when you're talking about a leveraged yield on eth typically you're not thinking in the like 5% a year kind of returns right if you if you think that you know but what's what's interesting i so I, I think that the the lack of funding rate is is something that is really huge because if you want to take a months to years long view on eth you don't have much choice but to hold spot, I think, right? Because mm-hmm. if you want to take out a, like a like a leverage position in a perp, your funding rate is measured in like hours. So you're gonna, sure. you know, if the price goes up really quickly, that's that's great. You're gonna you're gonna make big money. But if if your if your thesis is I I'm not confident in what ETH is going to do tomorrow, but I'm confident of what it's going to do, you know, in the broad strokes over two years. You don't really have a good product that, that allows you to sort of play that. And, and that's something I think that exit provides. It's and maybe you guys can can correct me if you think there's something similar. But I think that's one of the places that we one of the reasons we kind of feel justified in saying like this is a this is sort of a new primitive. Right.
0: Yeah. So on the exit side, you're like Kit said, you're foregoing the Seth yields because yeah. you want to hold leverage spot. Without paying the funding rate, and that's where like the big unlock is that you're not paying this funding rate. Exactly. Yep.
2: Uh, yeah. Also, liquidation risk is extremely low. Basically, you you don't risk getting liquidated unless all of xETH uh, liquidation happens all at once. There's no maintenance of your position required.
0: Got it. Um, this I'm trying to think of which question to go next because there's so many different <laughs> <laughs> directions. <laughs> yeah. So right now, like with uh, convex. Um, integration can't be like you guys being on convex now, is that going to add boosted yields to like all of this basically? Like, is it going to be boosted yields to the stability pool? Is going to be boosted yields? Like how does, how does the convex fit into all this?
3: Yeah. So CVX FXN in uh, right now, as, as far as I know from, from the convex side, it, it's basically just going towards the governance token itself. So okay. FXN. in, um, you know, down the road, uh, could there be you know some sort of additives to the rebalance pool or something i mean maybe possibly but as it stands right now i mean what's interesting about the protocol is um you know we have we've had it operating for about a month and a half without any outside liquidity or any help at all and (laughs) the rebalance pool has been working great and so it it actually acts as like a little its own little i kind of think of it like a terrarium or something and uh uh, its own little ecosystem, but once you start adding these these outside things in, like uh, you know CVX FXN or SDFXN, um, and and both FETH and and XETH, they're ERC twenty tokens. I mean, they can be integrated into anything, and so really the sky's the limit. And and I would say that um, you know we're we're just starting out right now, obviously, and so. Who, who's to say? Yeah. I mean, is it allowed to is it allowed to brag? Is it allowed to gloat here? Yes, please. Is this, yes, is, yes, is this please. a safe yes. space for gloating? This is yes.
2: a safe yes. space. This is <laughs> an encouraging space. <laughs> because one of the things that, that is like, I would say I am most proud of of our, the DAO with FFX is that um, – we, we kind of mentioned this and kind of, you know, feather in our cap this morning in the community call. We passed um, we've been we've been running for six, ETH, uh, six, six weeks and we passed 20 stake ETH in protocol revenue. And that's with zero wow. native token emissions, no incentives paid at all. So we're in this remarkable place where the the mechanism is very in a bear market. In a bear market, and the mechanism is very self sustaining, right? You know, we're deriving, you know, using Stake Teeth on the back end, basically, you know that that income is being used to pay for protocol stability, right? Um, As well as as just. Revenue as as essentially profit in that you know depending on how you <laughs> factor costs because it's sent to
1: the efx uh, holders the fxn holders. exactly exactly right. the okay. the it
2: and in fact the allocation is seventy five percent goes to fxn so when you're talking oh. about convex and yeah. uh, cvx fxn um, the the story right out of the gates is all about revenue right it's it's all about this is a great way to get that revenue. What you're asking, I think, Dave, is like, what's the governance power going to look like? And are we going to be able to direct uh, emissions? And without giving you anything too specific, I would say it's a great position to be in as a protocol to not require any native token emissions to make it work. Do you know? Yes. Like lots of totally viable protocols you need to use that token emission mechanism to bootstrap. I'm not trashing that by any means. But with this particular mechanism, with it not being required at the base level, we kind of have this amazing sort of like fuel that we can pour on the fire however we want. And so, yeah, the governance is going to be a big part of that, figuring out, like deciding how that token because you know uh, with with all of the Aladdin products we try to follow this um, template of um, and, and a mostly standard ve token structure uh, including mm-hmm. a 50year emission schedule right and mm-hmm. and you know regular uh, the, w- that we're all kind of familiar with uh, familiar with so mm-hmm. um, you know we've got you know there's there's a big there's a big long future ahead uh, of emissions and there's no must do's. No, we can go yeah. incentivize
0: other activities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Partnerships Absolutely. and
2: things like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, or so he, as so, well yeah. as, you know, potentially we want to like if we want to build on-chain liquidity, then then we can do that, right? Um mm-hmm. that's that's something and and so in the and through the governance mechanism, we um uh, we will probably especially in the beginning, that may be something we do, especially as we're trying to twiddle the knobs to make sure that the balance of X ETH and F ETH is kind of um, optimal for the protocol in in all situations, and so we can use incentives to kind of tweak that.
0: Got it. Got so it. you guys have a nice real yield organic flywheel going on you guys have the flywheel we think and, so yeah
1: yeah so 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 dave really likes the g word but for me i really like the r word which is revenue uh-huh. so let's let's go let's go Wait, back to the, to g word? the governance okay oh, you know? yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: yeah yeah that's 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 dave's juice but you know what gets me going is like the r word yeah so like let's you said you made 20 ethan revenue please break that down to me where did that come from um well, it,
2: two places. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have anything super precise in front of me, but I can. I can share. Essentially, it's, revenue it's comes. Get <laughs> Revenue Tell comes me. from two two places. Number one is the obvious one: it, the staked ETH yield in the reserve, right? Uh, yep. And number two is uh, small mint and redeem fees. So right now, if you go to uh, to FX and check out the um, the main site, the minting fee mm-hmm. on ETH is. 0.25% and yep. the minting fee on xeth is 1%. And so yep. if there ends up being a lot of mint and redeem volume that will contribute to it uh to a certain extent as well. Uh but uh but primarily, you know, the the protocol is built to to mostly uh survive from the
1: reserve fields. Got it. And you said that is a 25 75 split. Right. the 75 going Go ahead. Correct.
3: The seventy-five percent yeah. goes to VEFXN holders. That's right. Got it. Mm-hmm.
1: Then the twenty-five goes into the FE stability pool. Uh, no, the
2: twenty-five is held by the treasury. For so it basically, basically twenty-five goes to the treasury. And in terms of specifics, we don't sort of go in much beyond that. Um, if you check out, um, we're always we're always thinking. We're always thinking about stability behind the scenes, and uh, what you see is the white paper gets revised every now and again, Um, small revisions in this uh, stability approach. And one of the Mm -hmm. places that we're focusing our attention on right now is how can we uh, use the sort of reserve that is going to be accruing in the protocol um, to... To continue to put more sort of insurance on the stability of of the um, uh, of the overall system, and so one of the things that we're looking at uh, at doing is rolling out. It's not live yet, but it's coming. Is rolling out uh, X ETH minting incentives under certain six uh, circumstances.
0: So oh yeah, at times of duress. Exactly. So I was, if, reading this, I was reading this in your GitHub. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so if the if the basically
2: you have to, you know, go back to, to KMets a candy coating shell, you need that candy coating there in order to protect the, the chocolate inside. And if the candy coating gets too thin, that's when the chocolate becomes kind of at risk. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. When the sun is too hot. When the sun is right. too hot and the candy is too thin. And so we, uh, and so what we do is we, we've kind of, we the the white paper goes into to great detail about how we've thought about risk and how we've identified like how we have run our, um, our lines in the sand about how much XETH is enough XETH. And so basically, the way that we define it is we say, looking back at all daily price movements of ETH back all the way to 2017, we say the as if the odds of a price drop that's so big that it can destabilize the protocol ever get above 0.1% then we we start implementing these modes and that means the rebalancing pool start used to do a little bit of redemption and uh mm-hmm. and potentially now uh, looking at rolling out additional
1: things like xeth minting incentives right mhm oh, okay and then sorry let's go back to where this 4% of the rebalancing pool APR comes from because I was under the impression that it's a shared portion of the native ETH staking yields. Yes, you're, abso- like, you're
3: absolutely correct. Yeah, and, I think and, I misspoke.
1: And, I'll, I'll let KMETs clean me up.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, so directly from the Steeth, it splits off 50-50. 50% goes to the rebalance pool. And then the other 50% Percent gets split off is part to VEFXN yeah. and the, uh, uh, and then part okay, so to 50, the treasury.
0: So the fifty percent, seventy-five percent goes to VEFXN and twenty-five percent. Yeah, okay, sorry. there I, you go. I,
2: I yeah. muddled that one, guys.
1: Damn it! Oh, clear. No. we swear
2: it works. It yes. <laughs> <No laughs> works.
1: <laughs> okay, so got it. So so here's 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 my take of it. Yes, one hundred percent of each staking yield comes into the protocol Plus plus fifty percent. And Plus minting fees and redeeming. Oh no, 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 let's ignore that. <laughs> okay, ignore that. Cougar, ignore, that. Cougar, stop. Ignore, Cougar, yeah, stop. Yeah, forget about
3: it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh. E-staking yield comes in. 50% goes into the rebalancing pool. Yep. The remaining 37.5% goes to VEFXN holders and 12.5% goes into the treasury for whatever purpose is to there be There you go. There. You got it. Yeah. You should do my
0: job. Yes. You're
3: much yes. better at it than me. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is, what, we do. This is
0: what we do at Flywheel. Uh, Sam McCullough has really encouraged us to explain it like we're five. Yeah. And so we're yeah, breaking yeah, things yeah. down. I love it. As you know, simply as possible. If I can...
3: Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, for for us, one of the most important things with FX protocol is educating people on it and really trying to break it down. And DeFi in general has this problem of, like, making things simple to explain so that people can grasp it quickly and understand um, how the system works. And DeFi's
0: then, awful at it. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah,
3: yeah we're, we're, we're really bad at it. And so that's why one of the things I like to do is I like to come up with these these metaphors and analogies mm-hmm. like a space station or a starship or candy coatings and whatnot. Because you can grasp it very quickly. And, you know, at a technical level, we're not doing much different than, than those things as well. So whatever we can do to kind of help to simplify these things, I think is going to do our industry like a a tremendous good.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all about communication. You could have a team that builds such like a phenomenal advanced protocol that does all these things that brings in organic real yield. But if you can't explain it and people don't, realize the value that comes from it then what's the point
3: yeah there's there's the science and there's the art well i had the i had the most difficult time for the for the longest time trying to understand what an amo was until i realized oh it's just a it's just a little robot that that mints and redeems f uh uh, fracks tokens into and out of these pools and i was like oh well, that's all it is. It's just a little robot. So, and that just yeah. it just clicked. Everything clicked, you know.
2: Yeah, I think one of those. Th- th- I think one of the troubles that we have in DeFi, obviously, is is trust because it's really easy to explain. I, I think relatively easy to explain. Like take XETH, where it's like, oh, this is leveraged ETH. So, y- y- the price moves at double the rate that the ETH moves. But it's another thing if you say, well, I don't. Well, how does that happen? I don't. I don't. That sounds. That sounds how, how do it like it sounds like magic to me and so I don't trust it
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. many such cases yeah many such but cases. Like rightfully so because you, you have things like anchor with 20 yeah with, absolutely with, with and Tara. and you need to ask the questions. Like people are just like trust me yeah you like you people do need to ask the questions but if you explain it how it works in the back end it's like oh okay yeah
2: exactly the trust me bro approach doesn't work but at the same time <laughs> you do have to like you have to start with the with the like if you want to use this it's just as easy as holding it and this is what you should expect the token to do right treat it as a black box on like the 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 first order approximation and then when you go to second order then we can say okay well how does it happen well now we can
1: talk about the now we can talk about the the magic behind the scenes yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean this is just a, a larger question but like i feel like the the tmb mechanism is just so attractive you know for a the the lazy thinker mm. and b it's for the the protocol as well too cuz as we all see defi is going to get more and more complicated with more and more money legos and composability is there do you guys think a stage where there's a layer that abstracts all of it away and that is like the ultimate TMB
3: layer, you know the trust me, bro layer. The (laughs) TMB. I don't know. I you know, it in order for it to get mass adoption, you'd kind of think that it has to it has to do there has to at least be some protocol that's going to wind up doing that, right? I mean, maybe it's maybe it's PayPal or somebody like that 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 winds up doing it, or or Coinbase perhaps. Flywheel. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Flywheel. You want to what?
2: I'll Uh, I'll give you your I'll give you your wild quote. I think it's going to be tradfi institutions.
0: Ooh. you think stratify is going to do it I, they're, nice. gonna, t- well, they're, they're gonna, gonna simplify t- it i, I think that i think that most Charlene, people need a level of <laughs> 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 I,
2: I think most people need a level of handholding that will make direct interaction with protocols even the, the nice uis that we all develop just impossible and i think that yeah but, i
3: think
0: Are there? I mean, like people get screwed over by tradify institutions all the time. Whether you know, small things like oh overdraft (laughs) fees and this and that. Like, isn't don't you see a path forward for? you know, DAOs to take that hand-holding instead of these institutions. Cause I feel like, yeah. I mean, ShotFi has like had a bad rap. And if you have people that like have a, if you have people come together in groups, like a lot in DAO with this ground up approach, of, like, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. work together. So in the same way that you guys like, hey, we're going to work together to build shit. It's like, hey, we're going to people, we're going to come together to get just like, just make our lives easier as like regular consumers.
3: Yeah, I think it's kind of curious. I'm not I guess there's like different levels at which people will wind up interacting with these protocols. I mean, I guess I sort of look at it as like we're building plumbing you know, or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I concur with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like how much, how much does a normal person think about their plumbing in their house or wherever they're living or working? And like, every probably year. not much, you, know, you call <laughs> yeah. you call a plumber and then the plumber comes and he, he does all the technical stuff and you yeah. go about your life. Well, and, I mean, so, th- I mean I think know. about how, you, think
2: about how regular people yeah. work with, think about every kind of investment. Right, yeah. Like, generally mm-hmm. speaking, you're getting hosed by your advisor or your bank or anybody else. But they, yeah, they, yeah, I'm well, not anymore. With the these TMB like,
0: but five percent. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is
2: that there's already ways to circumvent those, even within TradFi. You can go to a like, you can you can look for your own ETFs. You can you can go to a discount brokerage. You can like, there, there are ways that you can circumvent that whole massive machinery mm-hmm. of the of the trad like the, of of the banking system. And I'm talking about from a perspective of like a retail investor, right? There are ways mm-hmm. that you can yep. stop yourself from getting excessively screwed. And nobody does them. Yep. Nobody uses them
0: yep. because uh, it's fair. too
2: complicated and it's too, yep. and it's also, it feels riskier. You feel like you're out on your own right and and of course the 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 industry Mm -hmm. doesn't help that impression because they're ready to say like oh yeah no you can there's so many ways for you to hurt yourself don't do that that. yeah Yeah, yeah, let us let us take care of you let let us take care of you do
1: not try this do not you know the three percent trailer fee is totally
2: normal it's totally standard you know that's (laughs) it's but but you know and i think that i think realistically um i mean i think a lot of people are just going to require that person sitting across the desk with them like wearing a suit and somebody who they think that they can trust who who can navigate the you know who can navigate how to how to get them access to it and then compare that to like you know the the people who are actually building the etfs and managing them or or whatever like that's Mm -hmm. all completely Mm -hmm. abstracted away from retail
1: yep
0: yeah like I'm, I'm, not gonna go into like I just think of the movie The Big Short yeah, and yeah. how Michael Burry told the guy working for him like, "Hey, I want you to go uh, in this and the mortgage-backed security and look up every single yeah, house, every yeah. single one." <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, which which mortgage? <laughs> all of that.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Yep. Yeah, but it's kind of like like to simplify It's like with TradFi, uh, you know, we all you know, let's say you know, I have a bank account it earns interest. It's like simple, like oh, was like an IO, like bank, like IOU, and kind of like they go to whatever, and like I get to redeem it at any time. Um, I get there will be a DeFi version of that, yeah. and what you're saying is that that will probably the interface for that will come from sci-fi. Well,
2: it's one possibility. You
0: know what, what one I?
2: When I'm I'm a I'm a skeptical guy, and so I think when I imagine that future, it I think that what I hope happens is that when your neighbor says, Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm earning, you know, 5% on my savings account. How about you? Then the, the providers kind of will have more and more people asking tough questions. Right. And, and essentially there's going to be this point where it's like, okay, well for me personally, I'm, I'm ready to use DeFi directly. Right. And so mm-hmm. I can tell my friends like, Oh yeah, I'm doing amazing. I've got little, like, it does, it does all these things for me um, that my bank doesn't do. And, you know, at some point in the future, people who are kind of in the middle of that spectrum who say like well i don't feel comfortable enough touching the chain or or like understanding the 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 but i mean i feel i feel jealous of the of what you're getting so i'm going yeah. to start calling my finance people and in fact it probably will not be tradfi as in like the big mega banks so much as tradfi in like new fintech Startups that are a little bit better at dealing with people, but that are still largely based, like largely real world based, and then just kinda
0: defy on the back end. I agree with you there, because it makes sense. If I'm a consumer and I just want to get the best best yield, I don't care where it comes from. Like, you know, it's either gonna become off chain, on chain. Like you wanna have that optionality like sometimes we kind of exist of like oh like the world on chain is all that that all that is but that's not the case for like normal people no 100% and in yeah. fact yeah.
2: it's not just it's not just that they don't want to think it's all that exists is it's scary and and risky mm-hmm. like we all have to have incredible appetite for risk to put real money into this thing right now um yeah. to, to the point where just I'm so
0: numb i'm so I, I oh, oh my gosh I yes hear you. absolutely i'm just so, i'm just yeah like yeah, you, well
1: that's
3: yeah. DJ
1: and <laughs> yeah. Dave. DJ and Dave. Dave and I were just talking with like a, another folk who's um, building a a pretty sick new hardware wallet, and mm-hmm. I we said, crypto people have an extremely high threshold for pain. Yeah. And nothing surprises us anymore. Yeah. And, like yes. you know if, if if it has bugs, we're like, of course it has yeah, bugs. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is is so, it exploitable?
2: Like, Does it is, is there an exploit in the wild?
1: Like. <laughs>
2: yeah. Of course. Exactly how yeah. how yeah.
0: am
3: i going to get rugged yeah a few, yes. a
0: few of my friends in crypto were like former professional fighters and it makes complete sense the paint talents <laughs> both like in the <laughs> in the ring and then like out on chain on the chain yeah <laughs> on the yeah, chain. Yeah. Yep. yeah yeah but, but one thing
1: earlier dave said that i i actually would agree with more than trad fi just coming in and, and doing the, the the tmb layer is that there will be grassroots community efforts such as like, you know, you no know, flywheel, such as Aladdin to provide like this, trust me, bro layer. And it actually is a really good bro that you should trust because, you know, yeah. flywheel or Aladdin would, would vet and make sure that, Hey, PayPal, we're partnering with PayPal so that we uh, provide extra direct access. And we maybe take like a tiny, tiny ass take rate for providing mm-hmm. this convenience layer and this yeah. like curation of DeFi protocols to use.
3: Yeah, I you know. I think you're right. I mean I think that there's the that basically what we're doing is we're almost uh like you know, we're we're creating more layers, right? We're making it more granular mm-hmm. instead of it just being binary previously where it's like you're on your own or you're dealing with TradFi mm-hmm. and now it's like, well it doesn't have to be so granular. It doesn't have to be so binary. Yeah. And so perhaps you know, that's that's the, that's the future we're kind of moving you know, towards.
0: You know where I see this parallel? I see this with credit unions. Mm. These are online credit unions. Mm-hmm. Credit unions are mm. community-based banks that have their eye out for their depositors. They have a completely different mandate. Actually, if, if you want to go into a completely different regulations and regulatory board than banks do. So basically like I could see DAOs becoming uh like these like on uh, these this new type of credit union. Hey, I could see credit unions maybe offering these products on-chain to their local communities. Yes, and that that to me, like it, it
2: I, I kind of again, I'm I'm just spitballing here. I'm no better equipped than anybody to read the crystal ball, but like that feels a little bit more likely to me that there would be a spectrum of and, and frankly I consider credit unions to be part of the tradfi system right and and largely i one of the reasons i i think that that the um that tradfi is going to be involved is is regulatory I think that Not just from a like Not just from a big brother They're going to force you To do it regulatory But think of Again From the retail investor's Perspective Like I I want to know That I'm covered Like I want to know Like are my deposits Covered at the bank By the CDIC Or whatever the You know American version is And like Are my you know, if somebody scams me, do I have a recourse, right? If, if, my, if my, you know, the, the investment banker or the, um, the, the, the money manager that I'm talking to has to follow certain rules, right? And if they don't, mm-hmm. they are, there's like legal recourse, right? There's, there's liability rules around it. And so I feel like some people are going to just require that scaffolding. And uh, and so there'll be the, probably a spectrum. But I, I agree. I, th- I think that you're right. Yeah. I think there's going to definitely be.
0: Yeah. be a sp- yeah. And I agree, too. There'll be a spectrum. Yeah. I want to bring this back. Back on chain. To the <laughs> back on chain. Back on track. <laughs> yeah. Back on, back chain. on track. But uh, there's a question I want to ask. So you guys use stealth. When S track seed. <laughs> I wondered if you guys would ask.
1: Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I was always confused why you chose to use the second. Oh, Steph S. is
3: like the most. <laughs> I, know. I, I, like, I well, you
0: know. Right now, like Steph is the most like t- liquid. So, like I assume, or I I'm going to assume that it has to do with like, is it the chainlink oracle or something else? Like, why not S track seed? There's more than enough liquidity for it.
3: Yeah, I I think. Uh, well, I mean, you know, basically FX is an extremely flexible protocol and so eventually it'll be like a whole basket of of lsds and and other assets that can get incorporated into it but one of the reasons that we chose uh steth to begin with is that um you know in in addition to kind of what you were saying there DeFi dave about like you know it's got a good oracle and uh, you know it's kind of battle tested and proven and with a lot of liquidity um the other thing is like steth is now like so big it's an it's an existential issue for ethereum and so because of this um it, it kind of gets to one of those deals where it's like well if something bad happens with Steth, i mean everything bad's happening with ethereum and so with by incorporating steph you know it's kind of one of those deals where it's like okay well we're kind of like by using the 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 one that's like the most existential threat it kind of makes it the most safest one for for the for the protocol in general so call that too big to fail yeah it there is you go. i it's mean when like we that. first wrote
2: the white paper The very first version, I don't know if you guys ever saw the very first version, didn't use staked ETH at all. It was backed by pure, Mm. unstaked ETH. And all of the stability was done through a sequence of uh, minting and redeeming um, uh, penalties and incentives. Mm. And the reason we started there was because we were going for like decentralization maxi approach where it's like we want we want zero compromise and but of course when we started shopping this around and talking to people about it and talking to them about our ideas they kind of said like why the heck aren't you using stake teeth in the back end i mean that you you're you're sitting on a gold mine right. <laughs> yeah well yeah. and yeah. and you know we we kind of came around to the thinking of like okay like that's that's um especially once we kind of pow out a little bit about it and came up to this, this idea of like the stake ETH yields can actually pay for stability in a way that's arguably much more robust and reliable. Like that was the, that was mm-hmm. the straw that broke the camel's back I think on, on switching to stake ETH mm-hmm. from pure ETH. But we're really coming at it from that mindset of like pure decentralization maxi. And like, like came at said, one of the funniest arguments that I thought was like, um that that kind of that kind of made this happen on staked eth to start with is like you know if eth has a problem then uh then the protocol has a problem but staked eth is so like seth is so big that if steth has a problem eth has a problem (laughs) so you're not actually protecting yourself from the risk of steth by using pure eth on the back end you're just foregoing the yield yield
0: it's like (laughs) you can't beat them (laughs) them.
2: kind of well and and then you know being able to come up like eventually we want to work towards this um this like like potentially a basket of lsds and be able to apportion um like allocation within the reserve probably number one based on risk and then number two based on yield right in order to to Mm -hmm. like make sure that we are bulletproof first and uh uh making it rain second yeah
0: Imagine becoming like so successful with protocol that you're an existential threat to like to what you're it's on. It's what we...
2: That's dude, the, that's the dream.
0: That's yeah, insane.
1: So, so if there's this meme, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but like 2017 Ethereum is like the super buff Doge Just like, we are nation state resistant. And then 2023 Ethereum is like the small Doge Just like, Lido, please limit yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was just like, God damn yeah. it. Yeah, so true. yeah <laughs> it is. I think mean, yeah, that's the thing. It has to be ruled. You have to like just go by incentives first and foremost. Like, I mean, that's how you guys constructed FX protocol because you saw the incentives to include Steph. Yeah. And like, he was like, oh, "Well, what we're gonna do for the shield?" Like, incentives were everything around me.
3: Yeah. I yeah, I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I. I think
3: that the one thing too is you know it is um, obviously you know fx was sort of like you know born out of sort of this this threat from exogenous uh uh you know the, with the with the silicon valley bank you know going under and usdc depegging and so it was like we obviously you know the the pendulum swung the other way and it was like okay just straight eth and then you know you kind of get a little mm-hmm. bit more granularity into that and you're like yeah. well you know there's there's exogenous risks you know off-chain and then there's a endogenous risks on-chain and you know you just have to kind of weigh the whole thing and this is sort of this is sort of the configuration yeah. we came up with that was like sort of seemed to be the most reasonable for us at well, the time well i think in our mind and- the
2: real big mm-hmm. dividing line is real world assets versus you know on-chain on chain. and and that's why that's why we kind of that's another it's another reason why we migrating to staked whatever form of stake ETH on the back end, we, we kind of yeah. felt was a reasonable compromise because the main risk that we were that we were trying to cut out of that sort of stablecoin world is the, well, b- b- again, just, just everything that we saw with the USDC mess.
0: So the on-chain existential threat is LIDO. <laughs> the off-chain existential threat are centralized stablecoins. Remember, <laughs> back in the merge last year, people were like, basically... USDC and Tether can choose which is like the real yes East chain. Of yeah, I remember. Yeah, match. yeah. And so this actually gets into um, what I want to talk to, you to talk about. Yes, next is why are these stablecoins so successful? And this is a I mean, going to stablecoin maximalism. Uh, this is something that Sam and the Frax team put forth at East Denver last year. Basically, stablecoins should peg to whatever they should be able to get yield from the risk-free rates so of dollars. That's Treasuries, or you know, or Fed Master Account for ETH. That's the Beacon Chain yield, and you have all these different stablecoins. Uh, uh I saw your tweet recently, kind of like nagging at the risk-free rate. You're saying, like, "Oh, risk-free rate? I don't need that. I have FE. So I want to get your thoughts. Like, what do you think of stablecoin? The stablecoin maximus thesis. Is there anything you disagree with it with? Uh, let's get into it.
3: No, I actually. So the stablecoin maximalist thesis, I think, is probably, gosh, it's one of my favorite talks. I think I've ever heard with Sam K, and then your article that that went over it. I mean, it absolutely nails DeFi, uh, you know, perfectly. Um, and and essentially, you know, every protocol is eventually going to basically wind up being a version of a stablecoin you know, a uh, producer or whatever. And mm-hmm. I even have like my own sort of like KMET's DeFi razor, which is like, if, if there's good money to be made in an asset, there's an immense amount of money to be made from a synthetic derivative of it. And so you can kind of look at it as like, uh, you know, when you, and I think the tweet that I sent out, it had like, it was the 20 year TLT. So it's, you know, it's just, it's the long treasury bond yield that yeah. everyone looks at. And if you look at the three month chart, you're like, well, that's a, that thing's getting rugged. And so you're like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, now, yeah it's affecting the yields of it going up and whatnot. But um, in terms of just sort of like real world assets and, and centralized stable coins um, you know, when you peg your stable coin to the dollar, you are implicitly uh, pegging your protocol or your stable coin to the monetary and fiscal policies of the United States. Yes, And so you have to ask yourself, okay, well, do What's, what's, my level, who, what's my level of sort of trust in the, uh, the people that are making decisions for the United States and its monetary and fiscal policy? And at the same time, we also have Ethereum and Ethereum's monetary policy is rooted at the, at the protocol level. And so that's where your risk-free rate is coming from. And I kind of, you know, I got into DeFi based on sort of like, you know, just kind of like seeing the world around me, the political system and sort of all these sorts of things and being like, you know, I might want to have a foot uh, outside of this crazy system that we have going on here. And uh, and so I that's what I really liked about DeFi is that it, it's sort of um, almost like a euro dollar system. Right. And so. Mm. uh and That's so, good. basically, when I was kind of like, I was kind of like poking fun at, at sort of like you know, that 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 uh, that risk-free rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the uh, the whole thing about it is basically. Do you trust the 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 math involved in the and the, the protocol construction of the Ethereum network and the Beacon Chain, or would you rather watch a FOMC meeting and see if Jerome Powell is going to blink three times in 25 seconds and wear a red tie and is it a foreign hand or a Windsor or what not? You know. Yeah. And so it's just it's kind of one of those deals where there's trade offs right i mean it's definitely trade offs and there's and there's certainly to call them risk free rate i guess is you know it's a little bit of a misnomer and i think mm-hmm. even sam in his talk kind of talks about that he's like it's yeah. it's basically the base level at which the yield comes from yeah and i think uh you know and it's everyone has to make their personal preference right i mean you know and so for me obviously I, you know i – I'm an ETH bull, and so I really like uh, you know what Ethereum's doing, and so that's kind of where I'm thinking of uh, that. That I I kind of view that. So that's kind of like my take on that.
0: Yeah. So the metaphor I like to use, and the light keeps going on and off. I have to like check the light (laughs) here. So the looks good. Looks good though. Yeah. Yeah. The metaphor I like to use for risk-free rate is using like saying like I'm five. You have a five-year. You have a three-year-old toy where it's like you have a triangle hole, circle hole, and square hole and you have like the circle, you have like a cylinder, which is a dollar, you have like the triangle hole, which is the ETH, which is ETH, uh, the ETH, and you, you, you're better off just like fitting it, where fitting the triangle peg into the triangle hole and like the cylinder into the circle hole. And like that's the risk rate, you're matching, you're, like the most successful stable coins are the ones that match in that mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, Does that makes sense?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. No, it's I totally get it. Simplest level.
0: And like another thing I was going to say is there are certain laws, like you know how there's aerodynamics. There's certain laws for planes to fly. And if you don't follow these laws, then your plane's going to crash. <laughs> and I, there are certain laws to stable coins that to keep a, your stablecoin at a dollar or st- at, at its reference peg. If you don't follow these laws, then your stable going to pass. Another – yeah,
3: yeah, exactly, and I think you know even even FE you know it uses uh, the dollar as its as its reference price, you know, to kind of but it bounces around from that, you know, mm-hmm. as well, and so, um, and you know, in terms of sort of like it, it's you can almost sort of view it as sort of like a, analogous to FPI almost in yeah. a way, you know. Well, that's
0: part. Yeah, and then actually, I
2: was going to say yeah, that's that's, that's kind of part of the of the thinking too is like you know a lot of one of one of the questions that we get a lot about FX is like why. Why ten percent? Like, why? Why are you doing this volatility dampened ETH when the same mechanism could be used to to peg it zero, like zero volatility at one to one with a with a dollar? Right? Like, you you can you just basically FETH holders sell just an, the last ten percent of their their volatility. They sell a hundred instead of ninety, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's you know there's there's a lot of interesting sort of philosophy around that, but but one of them is just you know i've used this phrase and i think kemets has too like the idea of a stable coin anchored in the ethereum economy instead of one that's anchored to the the us economy and the fiscal and monetary policy of the us right you can kind of cut that real world aspect out we're using the us dollar to measure volatility but ultimately we want to follow where eth goes and and as you say, like, FPI is an interesting example, because this is kind of like a different way to get at what might be the same thing, is if you think that the dollar is going to devalue versus ETH in the long run, then you want some of that exposure. You want, and, and by having a little bit of that exposure to ETH, you can kind of get a little bit of that um, hedging against dollar devaluation um, over the long run without necessarily having to hard peg to anything.
0: This actually tees up my next question extremely well. (laughs) So the other part of stablecoin maximalism, along with the risk-free rate, is the monetary premium, getting demand for your stablecoin for the sake of its own usefulness. So what is your guys' plan for increasing monetary premium for FE? You want
2: to take k crew? yeah, sure. Sure, I mean, part of this is a little bit... It's a little bit bold, I think, for me to say like this is how FETH is going to squash every other protocol and every other stablecoin ever. You know. <laughs> Let's, hear <it. laughs> Let's hear it. Let's go. No, well, my, my, but my point is 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 more um, that that's not really the way that we think about it. Like we we are sort of like a grassroots kind of approach, like ground up. I told you, like we built F of X largely because we wanted FETH. We built F of X because. FETH was the asset that we wanted to hold, not because we wanted to farm it at some magi- like in imaginary farm. So naturally,
0: had a monetary premium because you wanted well, to it, hold
2: exactly it. like we we felt that it had the potential for that monetary premium because we invented it for a reason outside of. All of the uh, the non monetary premium stuff that you talk about, like farming mm-hmm. and yields and incentives and stuff like that, um, and and you know we kind of part part of the of the sort of gamble that the protocol is making right now is that we're not the only ones that think that way, and so a lot of our early partnerships have involved uh, getting uh, partner DAOs and having having partner DAOs come and mint out feth for their own treasury management, and getting mm-hmm. getting these dows uh, a taste of of. Um, just kind of you know ultimately the name of the game is building trust right i mean it's easy to say our plan is that we're going to have everybody trust us but ultimately that's something that's just it's a long and winding road and all you can do like you know maybe a great example let's go back to the usdc dpeg um would you say that um the lusd monetary premium increased over that week because I absolutely yeah. would yes. th- 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 through nothing that they yeah. did other than just the, 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 the external circumstances highlighted why it was, why decentralization was so important for them. And when you see LUSD holding and everybody else kind of dealing with the fallout of USDC, all of a sudden you go, oh, oh, there's a reason why, why I might want to hold this just as dollars in my, in my pocket. Right. Like that's protection against against something that not only can happen, but did it did happen. The unthinkable, the unthinkable once again. Again. again, again and again and again, I'm having a hard time finding white swans these days. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. kidding. Right. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of our approach is that, you know, we start from a position of building the thing that we want and, and, and really the, the name of the game for us is going to be just being reliable Doing what we say we want to do, and and getting other people to to dip their toes in and 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 try it, and then obviously we're going to be working on the the you know liquidity side and the incentive side and the utility side, all that great stuff. Like you know that we're you know that's important stuff too, right? You need stuff yeah. to do with your token, and and you know that's how you make it useful. But ultimately, we think that our eventual monetary premium is kind of built into the mechanism right it's built in it's already it's, in. Well, it's not priced in <laughs> yes. but it's built in
1: it's built in <laughs> yeah, yeah. so go. so yeah. The, the, another way to think about monetary premium is that how do you get people to hold f EF just vanilla in their mm-hmm. wallet and not even risk putting it in the stability pool or yeah. the rebalancing pool because I, I see it here that you guys have about 80 percent of f in the stability mm-hmm. pool mm-hmm. so your monetary premium right now is at 20 mm-hmm. like people are just holding f vanilla in their yep, wallet that's right um
2: well and again i mean it's to, to me and maybe i'm thinking of this from a oversimplified kind of a way, you know, like my, my background is, is less finance and more like science and engineering. And so I tend to have like kind of boneheaded takes on some things that other people say, Oh, that's something we thought about years ago. So, but, but to me, like I say, the, the main, the main thing, the main question is, it is the system revolves around trust. Like there's never going to be a hundred percent, like you, I, I, there, I don't imagine a world in which nobody wants to earn that stake teeth in the rebalancing pool. And so there's always going to be stake teeth in that rebalancing pool, you know, always. Um, So I don't know what the cap is in terms of like what fraction of stake teeth might exist outside of it. But, but really, again, I, I, to me, the, it is a story of, it's a story of trust, but it's also a story. It, it comes back into that communication and education side where we talk about F ETH as Fe, as a as a new primitive, where we want to try to see if we can get people thinking more about, hey, this is we need to be start we need to think ethereum centric, you know and and that's that's one path to get there too, right? is is can we can we either take advantage of of the way people will think in the future or we think they will think in the future? Or can we help them get there through education and, and talking and stuff like that to really think about, OK, like we want protection from from exposure to real world, real real world assets. And, and we also want to have some we want to keep some exposure to the price of, of ETH versus fiat currencies and like basically just kind of. And then, and then, just be reliable. Like you know, as I say, the the monetary premium of LUSD, at least in principle, would have gone up significantly when it was, when the reason why they made the decisions they did became clear to everybody. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm not hoping for bad things to happen, but I think that the longer that the system runs and works, and the more sort of headwinds that it's able to navigate, that builds with with trust.
0: Yeah.
1: The, the way I, I see the F ETH and X ETH model is like, if we were to use the U.S. government, this is more like explain it like you're 23 with a college degree. But, you know, it's you could buy F ETH and that is the U.S. Mm-hmm. dollar and or you could go X ETH, which is like the U.S. equities. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you believe that there's an upside to the U.S. government or upside to the U.S. economy, here's a way to mm-hmm. bet on it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I'm seeing it convert on the other side with ETH Is like, hey, if you believe in ETH, here's a, a stable way to bet on it. And if you want to believe in the equity portion of ETH, here's the way to bet yeah. on it. Oh, that's, that's a really that's good way of looking at it. Win. Yeah, I, like, I win win. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what... Bef- I want to get into the other products a little bit, but before we go, because, you know, Aladdin, they have all these different things. This is more of the FX interview yeah, than the Aladdin Yeah, interview. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm sure this is what you guys wanted to feature, speaking of education. Um, is there anything else on the FX roadmap that you would like to share with our esteemed audience?
2: I don't. Uh, for so I, I think for f of x, now?
0: listen, we, we've
2: we've always got irons in the fire, right? We're talking to we're talking to a lot mm-hmm. of um, we're talking to a lot of people behind the scenes. I think one of the things that I would say, without without being too specific um, or making any promises, you know, the, the nature of the DAO, you've got all these different people in there, and and you know, lots of non whales, right? You know, I I I proudly represent mm. the non whale uh, uh, contingent, and so <laughs> I am always right. banging the guys. Gas is not going to be eleven guay forever. What's the <laughs> yeah crew <laughs> army? Yeah, <laughs> army. You know, and so uh, and so we're thinking a lot about how f of x. Um, how we can make f of x more um, more accessible in terms of uh, in terms of you know L twos, and you know the first baby step in that direction is looking at potentially potentially um, bridging assets, but also you know the the mechanism is actually it's copy pastable. Like you don't necessarily need to have a single f ETH backed by one single reserve on one single chain, right? Um, if the model works, you could potentially have native FETH and XETH on on other chains, right? Depending on, on what assets they're backed by. The other thing that we tend to think about a little bit is this, in terms of, especially in terms of copy pasting the model, um, there are other assets you might think about making these kind of low and high volatility derivatives of. And there are ways in which that could be maybe interesting, um, and so yeah, beard beard scratching from us as well. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I, I know where this is going. I'll ask you to tell me later because I don't. Um, and then, <laughs> I, yeah, but I mean, like, you could
0: do this for like. Fracts like this yeah I, you can
2: <laughs> for, you can you can copy right. listen the 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 core concept of the mechanism especially if we can nail down the if we can nail down the the like stability and the bulletproofness of it uh, which we think we've which we yeah. think we've got we think we're like i say we're, we're twiddling the little minor knobs right now but we think that the big picture looks really good um mm-hmm. so so that's another kind of direction that that uh, that we're thinking and then i think the third way is just like we are hitting the pavement really hard now and we want to talk to everybody about how what what wh- how would they use you know xeth for example right like talking to talking to talk to traders talking to retail we think like i mentioned earlier i think that xeth opens up a type of investment strategy that was just not possible uh, before but mm-hmm. it's also fully tokenized which means it's fully composable and so you know if XETH becomes acceptable as collateral to take a loan from now, suddenly you have the possibility to make a leverage short, right? Again, fully on-chain, fully tokenized, fully composable. So there's, there's a lot of really interesting directions that we're, that we're kind of sniffing around right now, and we are, we're looking for feedback from everybody. And we've got some just really awesome ideas from people that we've just chatted with.
0: Well, yeah. you heard it <laughs> here, folks. Oh God, did yeah. I just
2: Wait, commit something?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, you did. The the way I I would use xETH is assuming it's collateralizable on say Alve or whatever, I would collateralize xETH, borrow oh my God. ETH against it, and then I'll put it into steph so that I would still get my native ETH okay. yield. And a leverage position. Okay. All
2: right. All right. Would you preferentially do that instead of, for example, farming an X ETH -eth liquidity pool?
1: I would do that. Well, X ETH ETH liquidity pool on Curve. You're saying
3: Mm -hmm.
1: something like that, and then I would get emissions from that. Yeah. it depends if it can outweigh. Because I I would want the native ETH staking. I would like native ETH yields in ETH, but I guess you could just sweep CRV or CVX and FXS into e- um, ETH itself or, or
2: if so you had some kind really of way depends. to for example, concentrate all of those yields into like a particular token that, that you, would be really that clever <laughs> yeah but, uh, <laughs> that we him idea. up oh, be
0: yeah, next, yeah. Like, saw like, saw that no, saw. Like,
1: wait, yeah. sorry, sorry Dave, before we, we tee it up I, I have to ask, you know, my other favorite R which is risk and you have this portion on your github docs that dave and i chuckled when we saw it can we spend 30 seconds and i only want 30 seconds of this on when bad things happen
0: when bad things happen
1: happen. because
2: bad things happen this is that we're not in a bull market anymore and we all have to acknowledge bad things
1: can happen yeah uh do you want to take it So give me 30 seconds (laughs) bad things
3: yeah, so uh, the, the short answer is, is that uh, we put a lot of thought into uh, what we call stability modules. And it's basically uh, a, a series of sort of um, uh, actions that engage when the collateral ratio of the protocol drops. So if, like, the price of ETH just tanks one day, just who knows what happens, and the collateral ratio of the protocol drops below 130, there's a series of steps that go into basically uh, – uh, make, uh, How is CR calculated? It's the ratio of uh, of of XE to uh, FE. Well, sorry, more more so.
2: correctly, it's the is the ratio of of the total um the total amount of the reserve to to the FE. There amount. you
3: go. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah and so if that collateral ratio drops below 130 there's a ser- there's a st- series of stability modules that get engaged uh that you know like the the rebalancing pool uh, uh being uh engaged and then also uh minting and redeeming uh for the for the two assets uh, change such that uh X eth is encouraged to be minted and and F eth we want that to be redeemed and so uh th- so and then you know there's a there's a couple other little things that that go on uh if things were to you know continue to to drop but but that's the basis of it
2: and then the like the real the real like bad bad thing is well at a certain point in time if the price of ETH crashes so much so fast that the price of XETH basically goes to zero the candy coating is gone right um and and now all of, of a sudden it's chocolate in the sun but in the case of f of x chocolate in the sun means you get ETH. So the F ETH holders, obviously XETH value goes to zero because that's as it should when when the price lever drops that fast. Right. If 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 all of the stability mechanisms are exhausted in this like Armageddon situation, um, then then the price of XETH can can go to zero. That's that's basically the closest thing that um, F of X comes to a, a liquidation. Right? And and like the whole protocol has to get to that point before any XETH gets basically goes to zero. But um, if that does happen, FETH, as soon as that XETH uh, sort of coding is gone, F becomes it's still redeemable. Right? And it's redeemable for staked ETH mm-hmm. from the treasury, but without the XETH protecting it, now the F ETH is going to move at a hundred percent ETH price rate.
1: And was is this safe to say that F ETH is effectively during the the crazy bad things happen you're kind of bidding as the price goes down, right? Yes. (laughs) Because you don't get converted immediately at, you know at this price, you get converted when we're at the like dollars Exactly. $1, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So oh, I will get more exactly. coming out. And so the the worst
2: case scenario. It's a good way to frame the it. worst case scenario is that you buy ETH at an amazing price.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The worst case scenario is you get more ETH. Yeah. You like it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so
2: it's just like a limit order and army well, And and in fact a lot of people use uh, you know it 's similar to the way uh, uh, liquid 's pool is used famously by tetranode um, in this in his in his little ploy there, but like you can do the, this, the same kind of idea where we we suspect that it's possible to enter um, stability mode and, and then get back out of it through our mechanisms, which are very powerful. And so if you're in the rebalancing pool and you're you're getting deployed, chances are you are dollar cost averaging into ETH at at probably a pretty good price. Right. Chances are you're not in stability mode without some kind of a pretty significant ETH price drop. So it's a good time to, you know. Some people may consider it a good time to buy. I don't give financial advice, so I would never say that. Yeah,
3: yeah. One of the that, interesting uh, side effects of of sort of a, a situation where the price was to ETH, where of pri- the price of ETH was to drop significantly, is that uh, X ETH, of course, drops even more drastically, right? And so the I, purchasing power of your dollars over uh, ETH. Uh, you know, uh, increases you know, quite a bit. And I actually did a little Twitter thread here not too long ago about how basically it gives you this ability to go back in time and purchase ETH at levels that like haven't been seen since like before the 2020 bull market and stuff like that. So it's kind of like some interesting dynamics there. Whereas like the price of ETH starts going down, then XETH really starts going down. It actually starts becoming quite attractive to traders that think that ETH will, will rebound because mm. once it starts coming back up, XETH is gonna start rocketing back up. Well, as well. and, and so, as that price yeah. is
2: dropping, the leverage rate is increasing. So basically, you know, exactly. XETH is becoming from a certain point of view more and more attractive. The closer that we get yeah. to yeah. the closer that the that that we get to this this point where we feel like we need to start using mechanisms to maintain stability, the more attractive XETH gets. And XETH minting is by far the highest, um, like the most effective way to to sort of push the collateral ratio back up. Mm. Right, because one x ETH can protect yeah.
1: three f ETH, right? With a leverage Correct. ratio of, Correct. Of, of three. So, yep. Correct, and it's it's kind of scary because then as you're you're getting more and more levered, like there's a, a sweet spot. If it stops right before you're stopped out, <laughs> then you you just got like the best lever in the world. But then one penny over, and then you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. well, and and you know, yeah. basically the the stability
2: mode kicks in at a leverage ratio of four, at four X, basically um on on or around there like basically that that's that's mm-hmm. that's about the 100 the equivalent to the 130 percent collateral uh cr the collateral ratio and so the the leverage definitely does increase you know very quickly after that mm-hmm. but all yeah. of the mechanisms of the protocol are preventing it from going further
1: yeah can i give you guys one quick uh suggestion on the ui for f eth and x eth on the uh dashboard page could you put like the nav dollar amount because you do so for the rebalance pool but you don't do it for the home page on the nav side so i have to do like the calculation myself of like x eth total supply is like 1.3 million multiplied by 75 cents to get me like an over the nav or It'll the nice the, for the to nav is that. shown do you mean the um market cap market cap the market cap sorry the market and market cap. Cap. yeah yeah the market cap of x eth and fe so i can compare because the, the the way i see it is that okay the rebalancing pool has like 1.9 million so it covers the x eth portion like like a very nice overly amount mm-hmm. covered in case bad things mm-hmm. happen like that's how I would probably assess like the, the riskiness of the protocol. Yeah, and looking at the amount in the
2: rebalance pool, that gives you an idea of like, those are bullets in the chamber ready to go. Um, if, yeah, if anything, exactly. if anything, uh, uh, if things get hairy. Um, but like I say, that then there, there are also, you know, another one an interesting thing people have talked about is um, the idea of X-Eth limit orders. And so one of the things, I didn't mention this, and maybe this is another bit of, bit of Alpha. We are very actively... Uh, working to integrate with protocols that can provide the ability to be able to make XETH limit orders. Because XETH limit orders, if you think about it, are basically the same thing as the rebalancing pool, right? Like that's that's money that's waiting to mint mm. XETH once the price of XETH falls by a certain amount, which it must do if, right. you know, if the price of ETH falls, right? And so right, the ability right. to have XE eth- um, limit orders in the chamber is basically it just it just adds this whole second way to like guarantee uh, or to to help to help maintain stability, right? Let alone all the people who might just without a limit order sort of be be waiting for for like
1: a a good entry point, right? Got it. Okay. Okay. Let's let's walk through a user journey. I am in XETH. I'm levered to the tits, and now you know I am also now a Degen Kit alongside with djen Dave. Both of us are are on Telegram, smashing the keyboard, talking to each other. How do we unwind our XETH position as things are just going? You uh, you just go to the go to the redeem side of the site,
2: and you click on XETH. You you see yep. your balance right there. That's it. And and you go ahead and redeem it. it. You can choose to redeem it into stake ETH. Wrapped ETH or uh,
1: USDC. No slippage. Uh, you, just, just the fees. No the, slippage. No slippage. The
3: we also have a curve pool available. So you can go through the curve pool as well if you would. Exactly right. That. And, and we talk
2: about the fact that we don't need that. Um, we don't need to pay incentives on right liquidity. Now. But that is a thing that we are pursuing right now is to build some of that uh, liquidity. Partly just because, um, especially again, thinking of our minnow friends, a.k.a. myself, Um it's nice to be able to have the swap option instead of the mint and redeem option, right? And there, there might be a, a there might be a number at right, which swapping makes more sense than minting and redeeming.
0: Cool. Yeah, I got two more questions, guys, and then we can go and see the lightning round. Uh, this is a Frax podcast, so I got to ask: uh, How can FXS holders stand to benefit from your first product, Concentrator? And what is what is Concentrator for those who are unfamiliar with it?
3: Uh so yeah, so uh so Concentrator is basically uh it's it's Aladdin's first product. It's a farm and hold uh basically you can, you know, insert your LPs into Concentrator that are they're convex LPs and it farms it farms the rewards into uh these these compounder uh vaults, uh which are basically um auto compounding uh, tokens that, that people want to want to get. And so they're basically what we considered the, the blue chips of, uh, of DeFi, which is uh, CVX, CRV, FXS, uh, Frax, uh, you know, staked out curve, all these, uh, th- there's five of them. And um, what's really cool about, uh, it, you know, if you're an FXS, uh, you know, a Fraximalist um, is we, is we, is we do have those two. And so AFXS, uh, uh, auto compounds into uh, convex uh, FXS CVX FXS, and then uh, the really cool one, uh, which both of the uh, FX um, uh, LPs farm into, is uh, a ETH which is auto compounding Frax ETH. and uh, nice. and that one I I think, and I I'd, I'd have to double check it, but I think that one has like the highest yield for Frax ETH in uh, on mainnet, but I, you know, I'd Ooh. have to double check that one.
0: Yeah. do you have a number
3: uh i think last i a each on the website on, right say- now
2: showing 4.65
3: there you go nice
2: that is high apy well exactly and it's, it's it's just it's the you know we're 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 auto compounding that but the whole the whole conceit of concentrator mm-hmm. is like we don't want to dump what we're farming we want to we want to choose yeah. to farm the the specific like best token that we want to farm and so we provide a few of these options as as Kim, says, like we feel kind of like blue chip, yeah. but you, you can all, there's, there's lots of different harvesters that you can choose from that, that harvest into those compounders. So, so we say, we could talk about concentrating all of your yields into one of those, those blue chips, one to those, one of those. And so AFXS is a great one, a great example, um, where if you want to, if you want to farm FXS, you know, you can scan down through the list of all the different harvesters, and the, the harvester is kind of where you choose your principal. You, you choose what you want to hold. Maybe you're you're risk averse, you only want to farm stable coins, but you can choose to farm whatever stable coin LP you find and you like the best, into the compounder that you want to hold, right? The thing that you want to earn.
0: Yeah, I love this evolution from concentrators, like, oh, we want to auto compound together, to net, to all the to FX, like, the complexity yeah. and usefulness is like in line with each other. And the last question I'm going to ask is what else is on the roadmap at Aladdin doubt? Is there anything cooking in development right now in the incubation brainstorming phases?
3: Yeah. So, so right now we're, we're mostly focused on, uh, you know, incubating FX, getting it growing, uh, incorporating it into, uh, you know, DeFi in general. And so that's sort of like where our, our main focus is, but, you know, we're always having conversations in the background. There's a lot of things going on where we're always looking to improve products, uh, you know. And then, like, right now, I think kind of the main one we can kind of maybe hint at a little bit is with concentrating itself. I and mean, Kr- Kruger, maybe you can <laughs> uh, okay. tell them a little in, bit about in, it.
2: Well, in very broad, like, again, we, we've got <laughs> always got irons in the fire and we're talking to lots of people. But one of the things that we're seeing in the Curve ecosystem is that things are changing um the the nature of curve seems to be changing a little bit over time particularly with the introduction of curve usd and that might make the general that might open up some some new directions that um that concentrator might want to take advantage of right that we might want to position ourselves for in terms of uh in terms of what does the compounder of what is the optimal farm and hold style compounder of Curve look like based on how we think Curve USD is going to change the ecosystem. So that's kind of, that's what we're having discussions about that type of thing in the background.
0: Oh, it's a really interesting, intriguing hint. <laughs> uh, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we better, because I get in we'll trouble go. every time I leave too much. No, we encourage You encourage like, it. Especially at the end of the interview. I've got yeah. to face my downmate We do it. encourage it. We do. Yeah. Uh, and with that, folks, we go on to the lightning round. So we're going to get off-chain yes. to get to know you guys both. Uh, and Kit, yes, do take it away.
1: To get to know the person behind the profile picture, so let's let's start with K Metz here because I've seen your profile picture uh, all over Telegram and obviously on Twitter too with the blue K. Um, and I wanted to ask you, when was your, what was your virgin crypto experience? And sex doesn't count.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see, man, I guess. So I, I got involved like uh, early in the bull market in 2021 and I bought, uh, I, I was just wrapped up in it and I was like, OK, well, I, I'm going to get on Coinbase. And I, you know, I did a little bit of research and, you know, got myself. Uh, whipped up into a frenzy like everybody else when the number was going up pretty good and i was like okay i'll go with like bitcoin and ethereum and then i should probably get like some some long tail assets and oh man i I, i'm ashamed to admit what i what i purchased now and so i'll just (laughs) i'll just say that like they're all still around um and and none of them are are anything that i would advise anyone to purchase now at all so
2: (laughs) by still around do you mean that the record of them still exists on chain (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I won't say which chains either, so there you go. Someone got to load some Giga.
0: Ah, boy! I tell you Didn't what, I
3: my threshold for risk is quite high. I'm very sexy. Oh, ex- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And then, uh, Cougar, let's switch it up for you. It's like, what is your favorite off chain touch grass activity, oh, hobbies and interests? Metz and
2: I both have a similar weakness for just like stacking hobbies. Like we just, we just yes. acquire, we just, and, and so I like, I just I. You know, I have to say, spending time with my family. Obviously, that's number one. The more uh, interesting, obviously. the more because <laughs> I think my wife oh, isn't your shot.
0: Is right. this, um, is right. the this is the end
2: piece. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> if I had to choose a second, second choice, oh, I mean, oh, right, I, right, right, I, I would right. say, uh, I would say, building things and and making things out of everything. But like, I I, I do a lot yeah. of
0: physical for
2: me real, real world physical things, things real world, real world I'm, i i build in wood I um i like building like you know gadgets and electronics and and, oh. and that kind of stuff but but yeah that's it's got to be it's got to be making stuff mm-hmm. cool
0: and came at see you um what would be some advice to your younger self
3: oh gosh uh well let's see um uh probably you know uh just to you know trust your instincts like you know like not everybody has all the answers just because they're in a higher position than you or they you know they have more money or they're older or you know something like that like you know uh you're you're you if you can think your way through a problem that's getting you 90 way there to making a good decision and so i think that that would be probably what i would say to myself
0: Mm. commendable
1: (laughs) and then um for me and this is to both of you, but give me like just seconds second first thing that comes to your mind. If you weren't in crypto or tech or whatever you went to school for or studied your whole life, what professional career path would you be on right now?
0: Sorry. Sorry so so
2: th- that's not something I studied and do in the real world already? Yeah, that's not something. Uh, yes, that's I would not say yeah. uh, like waste engineering. Like in terms of, in okay. terms of you know, um, minimizing and then like getting energy from and, you know, all, all that kind uh, of all, the, all that all that world of like of like circular, uh, like a different, a type, a different of flywheel. type of flywheel. Exactly.
3: Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, no, I would definitely right. I would want to be a, a woodworker of some sort. <laughs> definitely hand tool woodworker. Real world items like yeah. that people would That'd pay you for. cool I, that would be ideal yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's and the, the amount
2: of time that you spent making the thing you, you would earn more than 11 now, cents listen, an hour
3: I didn't sign up to get yeah. judged for this
0: yes
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a safe
3: space yeah, guys. Is, if he wants to be a woodworker he can yeah, be yeah, a woodworker know, I'm just clarifying. I just want to
2: understand what kind of woodworker
3: look dad I can do whatever I want <laughs>
0: oh. Alright, last question for both of you. Who would you want to see on Flywheel next? Who would you recommend as a guest? Is SBF available? <laughs> I think, he, he's, he's, he's down I
1: think he has one phone call. I don't think he's gonna use it on Flywheel. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh
3: hmm. Let me think about that
2: i I think you should. In, you should invite the the uh, Aladdin's founder, Charlene, but she's she's very private, so you might not get her. That would be my choice. Uh, <laughs> she's going to yell at me for uh, suggesting yeah, Charlene.
3: That. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of talk up Charlene for a second because I think that she's. Um, probably one of the most brilliant people i've ever spoken with and you know uh obviously by incubating these projects and she's the founder obviously as well and so obviously very brave to be in the space and, and and founding uh uh aladdin dow but um she's a remarkable individual and if you ever do get time to to talk with her you, you should absolutely jump on it
0: oh no i actually i remember talking to her back in 2021 back when uh aladdin started she's she's in a lot of telegrams yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she is, yeah. yeah. No, I talked to her on the phone, actually. <laughs> um, um, wow. Yeah, no, she's great. Yeah, no, I'm impressed. Like, that's what I mean when I, when I said I've seen the arc of Aladdin yes. now. Like, I've really seen it, and I am an incredibly impressed by everything that you guys have done, the progress you have made. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys cook up. Well, in thank the you. It's so, been a heck yeah. of a yep. <laughs> yeah. been a heck of a ride. And it, yeah, this is a, a one humble yeah, and and
2: uh, and likewise, um, we're uh, uh, well. I mean, I won't speak for Caymans. Maybe he's not uh, very honored and pleased to have been invited on the yeah. podcast, but I certainly am. I yeah. see you guys.
0: It's been delightful, fellas. you guys have been, <laughs> 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 yeah, been, been, been awesome. like, out hitting
2: uh, like this. This has had this has had I think one of the like. Podcast-wise, this is one of, like, has got legs, right? Like, this is one of the longest-running DeFi podcasts
3: in a long time. Yeah. So, actually, no, yeah, you. can I, can I just... I want to yeah. pay you guys a, a big compliment as well because Aladdin uh we started this this in-house media team called the A team. And so I I was kind of one of the co-founders and basically we drew inspiration from Flywheel DeFi. Uh, we were so impressed with what here. you guys yes. did. Thank you that Thank like, you. You know, we're, we're now we're basically like, you know, in y'all's shadow of course, but uh you know, we've we've always sort of been like, oh yeah, if if that's what Flywheel's kind of doing, let's kind of like, you know, see what they're doing. And so you guys have just really been inspiring to us. Oh, thank you so much! Like that Dude, is kind of man. my
0: one of my indirect goals with flywheel is to see like a wealth of different flywheels for different protocols come around this ground up media wave coming about because You're doing education, it, man. Yeah, education's hard. Marketing is tricky. Like, there's a way to do it right. Well, and, and I, you know we're trying. Bit, I think yeah. there's
2: also something to do be it. said for like things haven't really been built by DAOs before, right? Like, there's and and it doesn't necessarily make. You know we can explore sort of new options for that, and so the idea of like a an 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 involved but like partially arm length, but also like sort of well involved um, outreach side of the protocol. I think that I think mm-hmm. it's something that makes a lot of sense in the DeFi world. Your model, yes. your model, completely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
3: Flywheel
2: forever, man. Flywheel <laughs> <Thank> forever. You. <laughs> you get the ta- Thanks, guys. You guys Appreciate get the tattoos. Just get the maybe. Luna Tattoo cover-up. You gotta get the cover-up, right? So <laughs>
0: I really like our logo, so like it is attractive. So you yeah, know, you guys right? got a cool logo. I, I got a bunch of tattoos. So yeah,
2: exactly. Enough? You'd be stupid not to, I think, <laughs> yeah. is, is what...
0: Alright, Yeah, <laughs> alright. Sure yeah, he's, right. Right. He's, he's just sitting on your right. face, he's like your
2: forehead or your all neck, right. maybe? Okay. Right, i gonna mean, have a Yeah, there right you go. Just that. <laughs>
0: well, that's what you'd like to see. <laughs> All right, we're here. All right, this we're is there. going to This <laughs> <on laughs> yeah, getting weird. Yeah. All right. Guys, K Kruger, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we hope to see you guys here soon. Uh, and, you know. Totally our you. pleasure. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank Catch you. Guys.
3: Appreciate it.
0: Welcome to the post game. I'm your host, C5 Dave, here with Capital K. And we have just finished off a. Fantastic interview. I don't even, there's so many adjectives I could use to describe a lot of interviews, but that was just really insightful with uh, with Aladdin Dow and mainly FX protocol. And like the thing that really had my head going was like how all the ways that I could use FX protocol, all the ways that anybody can use FX protocol for on chain natives, either trying to hedge risk or either trying to go more degen. Uh, Kit, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I honestly. Felt it was just great, high time vibes. Like I just had a great time chatting with Kruger and KMS, and I can tell that they are like us, right? You know, truly Defi natives who Mm -hmm. lives on chain and has kind of seen the cycles. Like it was talking to kindred spirits. uh, I felt the pod was. In addition, I felt the equalness. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. It's like oh, you've
0: been through the ringer. I've been through the ringer. We're all in this together.
1: Exactly. The cherry on top was just learning about FX protocol. You know, I think that yeah. was that was great to, to get an education piece. And to be frank, I think FX protocol is probably their most innovative product. Oh,
0: for the sure. The other
1: the other two is like I don't want to say copy paste, but it was, it's definitely a, a you know, a not is a linear increase in the slope, whereas oh, yeah, the the, FX the protocol complexity. is a step up function. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: as to quote them, it's a novel DeFi primitive that could only yeah. exist on chain. The, the type yeah. of products they constructed with FE, XE, Um, mm-hmm. you know, what's something you learned from the interview?
1: Um, I learned that primitives are still you—you can still create primitives even in this yeah. day because yeah. you know we're so used to seeing hey new chain that means new dex, new landing protocol, yeah, and nice. then an AMM. You know, it's nice
0: to see like an application that's innovative. I'm so tired of hearing like oh this infrastructure this or like. Oh, like trying to like ride the next, like the most recent fad, this and that, but like building shit that works by people that are on chain, that are finding needs for themselves and say like, Hey, I think other people want to use this too. And, -hmm. you know, it's interesting to see the development of FX and you're right. It is a massive step from both concentrator and clever, not cleaver, clever. It's (laughs) a great, you know, they're basically creating two different assets that, Uh, Correct, correct. Two like assets that haven't existed before. So, you know. And And
1: this could be used for anything, which is why is a primitive?
0: And I think like what's really like enticing about it is the organic flywheel that is produced by, Mm -hmm. by all these, everything fits together very well. And a huge part of that organic flywheel is the step yields the step yields are the, is the fuel that powers the spaceship basically? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, a- absolutely, is absolutely yeah. is. And I, I think wonder a very fair like, model. Uh,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if we get like S-Frax ETH If we can like put up a governance proposal, get S-Frax ETH in there.
1: Dude, I think we have to. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand why they would choose. You know, I never. Be like, yeah, let's guys. use the second best LSD. Yeah, you know, doesn't yeah. make sense.
0: Doesn't doesn't make sense. <laughs> Who? Yeah, um, you know, I've it's funny. I've seen K Mets on the timeline for so long Dude, for like the same. past few years and like i've always appreciated him and his insights so it was like great getting him on you know great yeah. to see people like you know like on the timeline and you know on chain and bring them like on the pot yeah. it's like always great and like i said i've been like watching aladdin delt since it really That's started like, i didn't know intru- that. yeah no i was like introduced to them and you know i was in you know we got familiar with each other and i've just been watching and watching. And I was like, okay, like now they've, with FX, with something they created like this innovative, um, it was time to bring them on. And it's funny, Sam, I think um, of Sam McCullough. I, I sent Sam, uh, like a protocol that was very similar to FX. I just forgot the name of it, but I sent it to him. I met them in Singapore at our event. God, what's the name of it? I, I met them at our event. I have such a bad memory. It's too much to But, like, it was the same thing. It was, like, one's, like, dampened volatility. One's, like, increased leverage. Anyways, this is the FX interview. So, (laughs) Um, Kit, any final thoughts on this one?
1: I think I'm excited to see the adoption, to be honest. Primitives are great, but it means jack if nobody adopts it. And I want to see the execution on this part. The innovation is done. Now let's see the execution, you know. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, what's, you know, if a tree falls in a forest, if a primitive is created and no one uses it, is it really on-chain? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, laughs> is, yes. is it really on-chain? Does it really exist? And on that note, uh, thank you, everyone, for watching this rendition of Flywheel. We're here every week bringing you the latest DeFi Alpha, Frax Alpha, and everything in between. And to keep up with everything Flywheel, please go subscribe to our website and newsletter below at flywheeldefi.com. Do that right now. Never miss a beat. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell button right now on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Give us a like as well. And you can follow Flywheel DeFi on Twitter, Telegram, TikTok, all these platforms. Go follow us right now. And for exclusive interview notes, please access the key. Get it on FriendTech. We are on FriendTech delivering even more alpha on there that can only be accessed with the proper key. So please join our friendtech. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at DeFiDave22.
1: You can follow me at 0 capital underscore K.
0: And we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. What?